0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, show number 64.
1: Without soul, without spirit, you're, you're living the, what I call the donut life. You, you can have everything on the outside, the gold medals, the success, the the reputation, the, the cool toys in the garage, but it's always got a whopping great hole in the middle. And you constantly kind of shovel more money, more success, more sex, drugs, rock and roll into it, and and it's just a bottomless pit. Hit it!
0: That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to The Art of Awesome. I am your host, Nick Troutman. And this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Today is Monday, so if you guys have already hit subscribe, you follow the show, you know that Mondays we do our deep dive interviews. And on Fridays, we've got our kind of shorter form, bite-sized pieces of content with the Friday Fire. If you guys haven't hit subscribe, please go ahead and do that. So you guys stay in tune and up to date with the show and the latest episodes. But it is Monday. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into our amazing deep dive interview that I just had with Arjuna Ishaya. Arjuna is a whitewater kayaker that throughout his life has has been in this search for fulfillment, the search for happiness and joy. And he found the ashaya monks and became a monk himself. And then later on in life, he wrote a book called 200% An Instructional Manual for Living Fully. And this was just an amazing conversation that I had with him all about finding inner peace about fulfillment and gratitude and just how we can all find happiness throughout our own lives, but that it's not something of if and when, but more of now. You guys will understand that more once you hear what Arjuna has to say, but this was honestly just an amazing interview with a fellow kayaker and really cool to learn about the insight and the experience of an Ashaya monk. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. So let's go ahead and jump right into it with Arjuna Ashaya. Arjuna, thank you so very much for joining me here on The Art of Awesome. I'm stoked to have you uh, here with us. Oh, Me too, thank you for inviting me. Cool, so Arjuna, you're a whitewater kayaker and uh, a monk and you've studied various different religions, and you came out with this book called 200% An Instruction Manual for Living Fully. So you and I got connected on Instagram. You sent me the book, and, and I've been reading it, and it, it, I've just been blown away with a lot of the different topics and, and I don't know, ideas that you have in it. But where did this kind of whole, this journey and this search for happiness uh, kind of start for you? Because that's what the book for me, anyway. Uh, that's what a lot of it has been about is kind of this like search for happiness a little bit.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really had my, my life sorted. I had my outdoor job and, and a beautiful house and a beautiful place. And I could kayak as much as I want. And I was snowboarding all winter and, and just having the time of my life. And yet all that stuff on the outside did not equal inner satisfaction. It didn't equal the aliveness and the, The fullness that i wanted and 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 it was so confusing just because you know i'm living the dream and it's not it's not giving me (laughs) it's it's slowly turning into it is a dream it's it's hollow i'm like ah what what am i missing what am i doing wrong what (laughs) why can't i be happy and and so i really went on a spiritual search to really try and nail down that sense of, of of rightness of completeness of satisfaction so yeah
0: Awesome, and and so that spiritual journey, you're you're studying various different religions, and um, eventually you kind of you know you're now an Ishya monk. Did I pronounce that right? Almost Ishaya. Ishaya. Okay, so so now you're an Ishaya monk. How did you kind of um, I guess fall on that versus the various other different types of religions that you had studied?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've always been quite allergic to to being told what to do, <laughs> and, and as good as all the religions were, they always had a thing of, all right, <laughs> you must conform to this, and and it was really when I met the Ashaya monks and they taught me to meditate, I was like, oh cool, how do I? What do I do? How what do I? What do I have to eat? Who do I have to be? Um, wh- what do I do? And they just said, well, you know, tune in, use meditate align with your knowing your intuition your your sense of rightness and let that be your instruction manual you know let let your heart guide you if you like from a place of clarity rather than confusion and so from that moment i was sold i was like well you know these people clearly don't want me to be a cookie cut away they want me to find my own way and that's that's been my experience of the path ever since
0: yeah that's that's very cool and it it's something that we were talking about right before I started recording but uh in in your book you say um, that that you're told regularly that you've got to mimic this type of way of talking or living and being and and you say that it's so ridiculous because copy you're you're copying someone else who's copying someone else who's copying someone else and um but really, you've got to kind of find who you are and and what's important to you and and what matters to you and so first off, I, I totally agree with, with all of that. And, and I almost feel like this is more prevalent today than it's ever been with, with social media. Um, people kind of just, I don't know, telling you like, Oh, this is, this is what you have to do to be popular. This is what you have to do to make a million dollars. Um, and then and t- to kind of have that in religion too, is the same where, um, Again, I, I'm a religious person. I've been super fortunate. I, I consider myself super fortunate to have been able to travel the world and experience a lot of different cultures and, and a lot of different you know ways of life. And I, again, in my personal beliefs, think that a lot of people have very similar thoughts, except that the way that re- their religion has taught them, it's like, well, no, this is, th- this is the answer and this is the only answer and everybody else is wrong. And it's like, well, you're all kind of saying the same thing, but when you say it that way, it's like to me, it just doesn't click. Um, and so, I guess, I guess, what I'm trying to get at is, is how do you kind of break from this, and what do you think is the best way that we should all find our own path? <laughs> yeah. Or, or is there like a paradox there in that question?
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, the support and the community, and you know, your tribe is is a wonderful thing. But when your tribe starts saying, we're the only ones that are right. Everybody else is wrong. And, and you see this everywhere, right? You see it in kayakers, you see it in, in diet, you see it in religion, you see it in politics, everywhere. And, and when people stop, start putting up walls and stop being open, it's when you start losing the truth and you start losing a connection with other people and your sense of what's right for you because you all of a sudden you you get scared to say something wrong you know the whole cancel culture that if I if I do something wrong or put a foot out of line and you know I'm 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 out I'm gonna get piled on (laughs) and that's that's a tough thing And you know it takes a lot of humility to to be the stupidest person in the room, to surround yourself with inspiring and, and noble and people with integrity, but to to stand up and say, you know what, I, I disagree as well. It, 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 it takes a lot to do that, but it's the ultimately it's the only thing that satisfies. I mean, I know for myself I've always, the greatest disappointments were when I I did not say something that I felt like I should <laughs> you know? yep. when I didn't stand up and say, actually, I didn't think you... he, <laughs> and, and so it was, it, it, it's one thing knowing your truth and it's another thing living it, being it, saying it, it with an open mind and, and compassion and empathy and understanding for, for <laughs> where everybody else is
0: too. No, I, I love that. And, and I think it reminds me first off when, when you're talking about like being the stupidest person in the room i'm again i'm assuming which is a a bad thing to do but that you're kind of talking about being open to question ideas and and kind of just being able to like put your hand up and be like well what what about this and and posing other opportunities or other ideas that might make you look foolish or might people might be like why would you ever think that or do you not already know or that kind of stuff um and it reminds me of of when I was a kid, and I don't remember what grade I was, but super young. When when I hear this teacher tell me like, "Oh, there's no such thing as a stupid question," and I'm like, "Okay, that's that's great." I like I'm a very curious person. I like love to have all these questions. And then I think it was when I was in high school, probably, that I would regularly be told, "Well, that's a stupid question," and or like something like that. And it it would weigh on me because I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like. I thought there was no stupid questions. Like, I thought I could always just ask more and, and be curious and, and try to pose other ideas. And, and I don't know if that's something that that we teach our children and like the youth that it's like, oh, be curious, ask lots of questions. But then as we grow up, it's almost like expected a little bit like, oh, come on, you should know that. don't Don't ask questions. Don't pose, you know um, alternative options or, or kind of don't question the authorities. Like, it, do, do you kind of find the same thing that it's like, we almost like age into that, or is that just something that, I don't know, that the the population has kind of grown into over time?
1: Well, I, I think it takes someone very comfortable to be challenged. You know, a, a teacher, for example, a position of authority and, you know, traditionally it's do what I say. <laughs> and they say that, yeah, no stupid question. <laughs> and yet, you we say well what about that <laughs> it, it, it takes they have to be extremely comfortable with going you know what i don't know and and right. that that's threatening to say Do you know i'm supposed to be the teacher here and i have i have no idea but i'll find out for you, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah i think i think that's the key there is for us as individuals is being okay like as a father one of the most valuable advi- pieces of advice i got was Um, do you know, the best thing you can do is be happy to say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I I didn't know. (laughs) And it's, and it's been critical because we, we try and be the perfect father, but we we will mess up. We will get grumpy. We will just mistakenly assume stuff and to go down and say, Hey, you know what? I really messed up. I'm really sorry. Let's start again. Is, is, has has been incredibly powerful but it takes a huge amount of humility you know just to go i'm not the expert i want to be a role model i want to be a leader for you but and and perhaps that's one of our great like you like you just mentioned one of the greatest things we can do to be a role model is say i don't know everything but i'll i'll do my best to find out i'll do my best to get better
0: i love that and i definitely i totally agree with that in in regards to parenting too where I guess just being the like father or parent or whatever, mother too, but um the kids just kind of assume that you know everything because I get questions all the time and it's just like, "Well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what like?" And and I try to give, you know, as much knowledge and information that I have, but I also find myself regularly saying like, "Well, I'm not sure." Or and and actually almost to the point now where my children have grown up in this, you know, world of information that that I have grown up in as well but that they're just there's so much more information at their age than there was available to me at my age and so we we played you know silly games with our kids about like um what animal are we thinking of different things like that and last night um my son, the animal that he was picking was like the, the vampire deer or I forget the name of it, but the, the deer with the like really pointy teeth over in Asia and, and my wife, family was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, <laughs> you're so much smarter than me. I didn't even know that animal existed or, or like whatever, like I wasn't even thinking of that. And, and I think that there's this combination of as us being the adult, we're supposed to know everything because we're older and we're kind of like, you know, guiding these children through life but the information available now, I mean, is so vast that they might even be able to figure out more information on certain topics. If they're interested, I would, especially if they're like, you know, I, I get very addicted, almost like to, to certain topics or ideas. And I'm like, dive all in. If, if you were to have any sort of interest in that regard in any topic, I mean, you can become an expert in that very quickly because there's so much information available now. Um, and so to I guess have that humility to say, well here's my my point of view or here's the what I'm uh, aware of, but then also know, hey but I don't know all the answers or like hey but but you know I'm not I'm not certain let my, let me look that up or how about you, let's check that out or do some research on it or different things like that, I don't know it's uh. I guess as a parent myself, something that I don't know if I struggle with, but it's definitely I don't know, my, my kids expect almost that I know everything and, and I'm I don't know if I let them down or, or what, but I'm definitely like, Hey, I'm not sure that. Let's let's look that up. Let's let's get curious and figure it out.
1: Well, I I think the greatest thing my mom did was when I said what did that what does this word mean? Or what is that fact she would show me to the encyclopedia and the dictionary and and say, Hey, look, this is how you use it. This is, you know, and, and so I think it, it, she was teaching me how to learn. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah very cool. So, um, there's uh there's another quote in, in your book that, that I really enjoy, um, from Lao Tzu that says a journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. And then you go on to say, um, Yes, but a journey of a thousand miles is completed with many steps in one direction, which I thought was really cool because i've I've heard lao Tzu's um quote many times, but I've never really thought about the second version and and you kind of go on to talk about how um that we need consistency in in one direction obviously and and kind of how i i mean I struggle with this myself personally where I get like a lot of ideas or I get you know. Really excited! I'm like, oh, I'm gonna run after this. Oh, I'm gonna run after that. And and I call it the like shiny object syndrome. But but I think you're totally right. Where where we need that consistency to you know fulfill that journey of a thousand miles or or anything that you want to do. Whether you're like trying to build the bridge to success or to to relationships or whatever it is, like you need to continue on in that one direction. Do you have anything like that you want to add to like how we can I don't know, stick with consistency a lot more being that we're in a world filled with distraction. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think it's just so important to balance that the, the two things of having a goal and having ambitions and having responsibilities, but knowing that you can only get there by the next step that's in front of you you know, and, and so often in the spiritual world, it's like the moment, this is the only thing there is. And so people just wander aimlessly (laughs) barefoot around the world, which is cool. And I did for a while, but there's something lacking, right? There's no, there's the feeling like you're building something, the feeling, feeling like you're becoming something bigger is so satisfying. And I think we need it. And so, but, but, being totally lost on the top of the mountain means you'll be. I will be happy when I'll be happy when right. I f- get this project, when I win this, when I have this recognition, when I pull this off, or, or the world looks a certain way. And so our happiness always is in the future. Yeah. It's always on this top of the mountain, and we're at the bottom, staring up, going. And, and for many of us, you know, what is it? Ninety-eight percent of New Year's re- resolutions fail within the first ten days. <laughs> That goal is so high and so impossible, but we don't actually break it down to okay, what am I going to do today? What can I do? You know, so that balance, I, I it's been an increasing realization that ambition is okay, but bring it right back to what you can do, what you want to do right here, right now, to get there.
0: Right. No, I I also have found that in in my own personal life that um, I guess a lot of happiness and joy comes from the journey which people say that all the time and it's kind of cliche but but almost like I guess beyond just saying the journey I would say it is the growth it is the the continual learning and the growth where that where the joy and the excitement comes where I mean it it could be anything that you're trying to do whether you're kayaking and, and whether you know you want to learn a new trick or you want to run, uh, a waterfall of a certain height or run a new river, or whether you want to just like learn a new subject or whatever it is, it's, it's kind of that, that growth that is again, for me really exhilarating and, um, exciting. And it kind of just like, it brings this fulfillment, but at the same point, I mean, I've, I've totally done the like, oh, I'll be happy when I'll be happy if I'll be happy, you know, dot dot dot. And then you achieve that and then it's like it's so I guess hollow is the way to do it where it's like you're stoked. You're you're just like this was amazing and I achieved the goal, but now what? And I actually I I talked with um with Jess Fox earlier in an Olympian and and she kind of we talked about the same thing about how Olympians go through this all the time where post Olympics, there's like this depression because like their whole life has been leading up to this, you know, Olympic games. And then there's this like, well, now what? And I, and I think that we do this often, you know, on our own levels, but with, with goal setting where we, we have a goal and then that growth, the, the, like the journey, the road there is, is the exhilarating, uh, like fulfilling part because you're learning and you're continually growing. And then when you finally get there, you're kind of like, huh, okay, well, that wasn't all it was meant to be. Like, it really is that growth part of the journey that um, that I would say almost like supersedes the goal in the end to begin with. Like where, and, and there's another quote where it kind of talks about like, you know, the... Um, at, at the peak of every mountain, you see another mountain. Do you know what I mean? Like every time you climb one, there's there's always another goal. You can always go bigger and, and, and keep growing. And, and I guess that is it, is that every time you do achieve something, you set a goal for yourself, you go out and that growth is where the happiness is. Um, and then when you achieve it, you don't just sit on the top of the mountain and you don't come back down. You've got to find like another mountain to climb. And um, I don't know, have you kind of found the same thing in, in your like search to happiness or, or fulfillment?
1: Oh, absolutely. There's yeah. I mean, obviously it takes, you know, my, my vows as a monk of meaning that my life is dedicated to, to fulfillment, to truth, to, to peace. And, and yet there, there can't be a top of the mountain because that limits the divine, it limits the spiritual nature. It puts a a big fence around it. says, that's it. (laughs) And so you get there and truly on a spiritual, religious, anything, on any kind of path, you have to be innocent and curious and like, what? What's next? (laughs) What's if I go beyond this barrier, what's here? And, and I think that's what's so exciting about growth is it because it could only happen when you are curious, when you are just like, I'm scared right now what's what but what's beyond this fear is is it, what happens if I step beyond it ah oh. you know and you, and you learn that curiosity, openness, innocence is is the greatest tool for well, it's exploration itself, isn't it? It's an adventure. Can I do this? What's here? What's around the next corner? What happens if I turn left instead of right? But especially on a spiritual path, it's it's so easy to think, you know, we think I'll be happy when I get to this top of the mountain. There's that idea of the guru sitting on the top of the mountain. <laughs> I've achieved it. Yeah. And, and and all that brings in is comparison and evaluation. And I'm good today, but I was terrible yesterday. And we completely lose life, the fullness of life, which is
0: right here, right now. Yeah, that's that's amazing have you how has this related to you within your paddling or, or has it related uh within your paddling
1: yeah it's taken the need out of my paddling cuz i would i would get grumpy and e- even angry when when i wasn't physically performing well <laughs> you know mm-hmm. i'd throw the paddle and get <laughs> and now it's just i'm on the river the sun shining i'm with my buddies i don't care if i'm i'm sharp or i'm just exhausted. I'm, I'm, I'm in a kayak. I'm on the water. You know, the, the level of appreciation is there. Yeah. Um, I, I want, I want to kayak. I love kayaking. I, I you know, it was just, it was my life for so long and now, but it's not a need. I don't yeah. need it to give me something. It's, it's a, it's a, just an act of joy. Yeah. An act that's, of appreciation.
0: That's amazing. I, I, um, I it's funny how, how we're kind of just talking about this and, and how I have felt a lot of the similarities in, in my life w- without going through you know monk monkdom is is that the right word monkdom I, I don't know how what you say when you become a monk but but in relating to kayaking where I guess the the most... Um, The most vivid one for me was like this goal to become a world champion like it's when I first got into kayaking that's like all I would ever think of and I was totally obsessed and like addicted to kayaking and then there was like, you know, always I'm just always thinking about like this journey to become a world champion, and then working hard working hard, you know, constantly thinking dreaming all that kind of stuff. And then I finally like the, like, you know, manifested, I, I finally am able to pull it all together, pull, you know, build my skills up, pulled my mental game into it, be kind of centered, have like an amazing ride, win the world championships. And it was like, you know, total ecstasy, everything was amazing. And then the next day it was kind of just like, huh. And then honestly, it was like a whole year of that where I, would, I just felt like, lost and then and then I was kind of like well maybe like what's what do I do next it it was just like this really wandering part afterwards um and I don't know if it was like through that wandering that I kind of or just like eventually through you know a lot of different experiences through life and stuff like that but but kind of just came upon I don't know if gratitude is the right word for it or not, but just like for me, I guess the easiest way to explain it is just to be like grateful for every day because, and and then also that continual learning too. like, there's, there's that, you know, that push for, for personal growth and it could be in anything. It could be kayaking. It could be, you know, in, in, in trying to share with others, which is, you know, my whole purpose behind the podcast. It could be in any subject. It could be in a relationship with, with your loved ones. Um, But this kind of combination for me was like, I find great joy and I'm not sure if purpose is the right word, but, but definitely like happiness out of, out of personal or like out of, um, personal growth, but, but the ability to continually learn and grow, and then also just be grateful for every day that we've got. And and I think that gratitude is so much, and you see that a lot in, in I think, every religion. I I mean, I don't know of a religion that, that doesn't have gratitude as a part of it. So I think it's like tied in a lot of the different religions and, and spirituality. But man, for me personally, there's just been something truly amazing about practicing gratitude every day. And it doesn't have to be, like what we think it is like, like what, so I grew up as a, as a, um, a Catholic and, and pretty religious family and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we would, we would say prayers before, you know, having a, uh, having a meal or something like that. Um, but it's different. It's like, to me, it was like saying a prayer or something like that to like before having a meal was, was almost like, I'm just doing what I'm told to do, which kind of goes back to being like mimicking what we're told to do and, and kind of, because so-and-so said so and whatever, and we're just like following suit. But gratitude instead now I'm like, and, and I forget sometimes, like I'm nowhere near perfect. Um, very, very far from that. But But every now and then, and I try to be very often with it, but I'll like I'll be just grateful for the food that we have. Like, oh my gosh, this tastes so delicious! I'm so grateful that you know the sun was shining and it produced this fruit. I'm so grateful that we had you know flowing water or the rain that helped you know grow this vegetable, whatever it is, and just like just true gratitude for for all that that we have. Because really, I mean, again, I I know that I'm personally am and extremely blessed, but I feel we all really are. We, if you have sight to see, if you have, you know, ears to hear, um, if you've got taste buds to taste, like these are all just like rudimentary, but like, uh, th- there's so many things that we could all be grateful for the the ability to read or to learn or to, to have a vehicle to drive to, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of rambling, but I feel like that, w- that we live in this world that there's so much negativity, but at the same point, the majority of us aren't stopping to realize all that we that we have and, and the gratitude that could be given for everything that we have regardless of how hard the times are absolutely yeah yeah i
1: mean and and there's a whole chapter i think in my book i think there's on on yeah. gratitude on yeah and really it is for me the of what you focus on grows and you yeah. can focus on what's wrong what's missing what's lacking or you can focus on what you do have the beauty the excellence the goodness that is right in front of us and you know for me gratitude is the antidote to to taking things for granted which we do all the time as bad as our life is there is so much more that is good and we could just zoom in on the wrong and on the, on the bad and we, we totally miss the the, the greatness of, of what is already here and you know as kids we're always sorry as parents of kids we're always teaching our kids you know say thank you and when when someone, when the little kid says, Oh, thank you. This is wonderful. You just want to throw more at them. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's, we like that too. We create our realities. Literally, we define them by, by what we focus on and, and we get stressed and struggle when we, we feel lack when, when we focus on, as I said, the, the bad and the wrong and the conflict and, and, and really, and it's not sticking your head in the sand. It's really locating yourself in the moment because when you're grateful, the, I believe the purpose of those prayers is to make you really filled with presence. So you can enjoy the food, really, truly taste it and be with the people and we'll talk to them rather than on your phone, worrying about what you're missing out on in your social media feeds. Yeah, you know, And it's such a simple thing, you know, just a simple, short practice of, Hey, see the positive, see, find the silver lining, make, make good because good life isn't, life's going to throw you all kinds of stuff. And, and just pick and sort, get, pull out the the good and keep that, (laughs) keep that in front of mind because no one will do it for you.
0: I love that. When you, you talk about in your book as well, but you, you just mentioned it about, um, being present in the moment and, and having presence. How do you balance that with kind of goal setting and, and that kind of, you know, growth and desire for, for more, um, that we were speaking of earlier? Yeah. Well,
1: I think, I think really any goal, any idea, any ambition that we have, it doesn't take a lot of thinking about. You know, we have this, as you say, like a light bulb. We go, Man, that would be cool. Um, and that, and that's, that's it. And then the plan is like, you can sit down and be present and create a plan. You can sit down and be present and remind yourself, this is important to me rather than all these urgent little jobs that are getting in my way. You can be right here, filled with presence and plan a future and learn from the past, and you must. You know, life life is, unless you're in COVID lockdown, where the future has been taken away from us, life is about, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to achieve. How am I going to get there? But don't lose yourself in the top of the mountain again. It's, it's When you book it, a, a plane flight, for example, it's easy. Done. Right. You know, but so often we're there, but in our heads, we're kind of staring out the window, wondering what it'll be like when we get there. What will people think of me? Um, am I good enough? You, you, you know, all this kind of chatting and, and being filled with presence really is just cutting through that, seeing what needs to be done next clearly and and doing it.
0: Yeah, that makes – is that is that kind of your – your um, explanation of like, so your book, it's called, you know, 200%. Can you kind of just explain a little bit behind what the title there is? And, and I've got an idea. Um, and I mean, you, you kind of even say it on the, the back a little bit, but but can you just explain a little bit your vision of like 200%? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, so I think we're
1: asked, I, and, I, and maybe not directly asked, but it, it's it's sort of in our culture, we're kind of asked to choose a path and really it's a path of taking care of responsibilities, ambition, making your way in the world. It's a path of doing. And and then there's a sort of the more spiritual path and that's seen as being Um, the path of peace, the path of contentment. And and we see contentment as being complacency, right? We see it at the world of being as the opposite from the world of doing the world Hmm. of achieving. And so, from a young age, we go, well, what do you want to become? Do you want to become an entrepreneur or an athlete or an achiever? Or do you want to give it all up and go live in a cave? (laughs) And, and as really this 50, 50 split. And I, and I'm saying, no, that your being your presence, your, your spirituality, your sense of connection with your soul and whatever's greater than us is key to you being able to do anything to achieve anything without, without soul, without spirit, you're, you're living the, what I call the donut life. You, you can have everything on the outside, the gold medals, the success, the the reputation, the the cool toys in the garage, but it's always got a whopping great hole in the middle. And you constantly kind of shovel more money, more success, more sex, drugs, rock and roll into it. And, it, and it's just a bottomless pit, but come first, fill it up with being and presence and and knowing enough. And then w- Everything you can chase more, and it's not as I said, the difference between needing more and wanting more because it's exciting. Um, it's whether you're compelled by fear and lack, or compelled because you know this is just exciting, I want to see if I can pull it off, this is fun, <laughs> and that's you know that, that whole life 200% of life, 100% inner, fill <laughs> inner fullness, and a 100% outer exploration, ambition enjoyment of what the world has to offer
0: i love that that's a what a what long-winded you, way of saying that. <laughs> no no that's perfect Th- thanks for for explaining it in that way and and you that was kind of the gist that that you kind of explained in a in a shorter package on the on the back of the book as well but like how you say you know this balance of inner peace and outer adventure a little bit and and i guess what would be for someone listening who you know might have been taught that you know the external life is is kind of the the path to choose or whether you're you know you're you're on the path for success and all that stuff but you're missing that inner peace what do you think might be a great first step for someone that wants to find that inner peace um
1: well i do you know we all write to-do lists Wait, wait, if you don't, you should, yeah, because <laughs> otherwise you run <laughs> like mad, <laughs> a headless chicken. And, and just to write down, Hey, th- this is what's really important. This is what I want, would love to achieve today. You know, da, da, da. Um, to really kind of sort that out, get it out of your head and onto the paper is so useful because then you're not carrying it here. You know, all stress and struggle is because we carry all the things we need to do here rather than what, What's next? What's in front of me? Right? But right. So write a to-do list, but most importantly is, is maybe write a to-be list. I mean, how do you want to do those things? Who do you want to be when you're in the middle of all of it? What's most, truly what's most important to you? And, and often people will say, you know, how do you want people to th- think of you at your funeral? You know, we don't really think of achievements or anything like that, but we think of kindness or compassion or um, always had time or it's those sort of deeper aspects of us that that really are what are most important to us. It's the the achievements that get forgotten that come second. And the quality of someone's personality, I think, is the important thing. And so a to-be list really is prioritizing that, is remembering, you know what? there's going to be a lot of stuff I can't control. What can I control? Well, I can control how I react. I can control how calm I am. I can can control how, how I talk to people and, and, you know, I can control how courageous I am. Like Going back to how we started the conversation, whether I stand up for what's right or just go with everybody else and chicken out. Um, So it's reminding yourself of, of, what's most important and who you want to be first before you get you to, to your to-do list. So I think that's a pretty good start. You know, just starting the day really on, on the best footing. You know, if you go on a, on a journey, you wouldn't just drive out the driveway. You would check the map, you'd have a look at your sat nav, and, and that's kind of like the same thing, like creating, creating the ground rules for, for whatever's going to be, get
0: chucked at you. <laughs> that's amazing. It, it, it reminds me of, um, of kind of, I I don't know if it's a quote or a saying or what, but it's something along the lines of like, people will forget what you've done, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Yeah. Um, Maya, Maya Angelou. Okay. And, the, and so I, I remember, <clears throat> I guess it was the the last freestyle world championships in, in sort Spain. And I kind of was helping, some of the juniors, I had this like little group of juniors that we were doing some kind of more mental toughnesses. like this. They wanted me to come speak on mental toughness. And and I don't know why, like for whatever reason, but I kind of was just explaining to them like, Hey guys, you know, I kind of took it a, a whole different direction, but it was like, instead of worrying about your placing or worrying about, you know, the tricks that you did or the ride that you did or anything like that. Remember that in 10 years time, No one, except for maybe the first place, but even then unlikely, 10 years time, no one will remember what place you got. No one will remember what ride you did or the tricks that you did, but everybody will remember how you made them feel. So whether you're in the eddy and you're being positive and you're being kind, or whether you're in the eddy and you're all stressed out and being a jerk, they're going to remember that versus like what place you got at some event, whether it's the world championships or not. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we could all say what's the the highest, you know, level of sport world championships or, or the Olympics. Okay. Name the past, you know, name the gold medalist from 10 years back, unless you're like really into it, you probably have no idea. Um, and so it, it kind of is that same thing that, that, those achievements that we, that we kind of chase after a little bit. And again, by we, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm speaking of myself, I'm not trying to put this on anybody, but um, they fall away with time. But, but that, the joy and um, that feeling that you brought to someone, whether it's positive or negative, that can last a lifetime. Oh.
1: If you think about it, think about the, the names from thousands of years ago that we still remember, and they're all spiritual masters, like Jesus and Buddha, Lao Tzu, um, Martin Luther King, Gandhi uh mary all, all these people aren't really known for what they did but for how they still make us feel and we may ad- agree or disagree with with the surroundings and and all the the rest that's come with it but we know those people we remember them and it's because of their beings their shining light of integrity and truth and alignment with with their soul and and i think Yeah, you're right, you're right. People will forget what we did and what we said, but they will never forget how we made them feel. And the fact is, no matter what you do, like we've already discussed, if it's empty, if it's hollow, it's not satisfying. If you're doing it with with, with quality rather than quantity, if you're doing it with character and soul again, everything is satisfying, everything is fulfilling, no matter whether you come first or last you know it's there's some things you can control and a lot of things that you cannot and but one of the things you can control is that sense of being and whether you do everything with a smile on your face you know even if you are the hardest competitor you can still have a smile in your heart and enjoy it and so you
0: know. i love that and i i would say even then too i mean i don't know maybe again i'm i'm kind of speaking for myself but but when you have that mentality you're probably way more likely to enjoy the moment more in, in a more fulfill, fulfilling way than, than kind of just fully focused on the, the end result. Do you know what I mean? Because it goes back to that fulfillment. What you're saying is like, if you're just focused on winning and you're just focused on getting first place, when you do it, it's kind of hollow. You're kind of like, well, now what? You know what I mean? I was, I was a jerk the whole way here. I I did what I wanted. And I'm not that you have to be a jerk to win or whatever, but I just mean like, even if you're a total nice guy and, and you get what you want, it's still kind of like, huh, now what? And, and so I think there is that, like that fulfillment that, that needs to be almost more part of the, part of the end goal. But I, I feel like we're, we're kind of running in circles, which is, which is awesome because I think they're all so very, very inter correlated for sure. But, um, are, you know
1: what? I, I think it's important just if I could jump in, it's really important because yep. every person on the street has a belief that I will be happy when, dot, dot, dot. and it's, and it's when my kids leave home, when my partner starts treating me differently, when I get a new job, when I go on holiday when the weekend, we're always looking for that top of the mountain we're always looking for that future moment or that future and 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 that's our consumer society right buy this and feel happy and it and it and i'm not it does you know i just bought a a huge tv which is so much so amazing than watching me trying to watch movies on my laptop here but it's good stuff but Don't let your happiness and your fulfillment and your sense of being, your sense of value as a person lie in external people or conditions or situations because they will always, life is never the way you want it to be. And even if it is for a moment tomorrow, what next? (laughs) You know, it's, it's ultimately hollow. And, and so if, again, if, if people listening can just, be independent, choose to be at peace, choose to be fulfilled, choose to have enough as they are, even as they're becoming better. You know, that one step on the road to more, that one step of a thousand miles is contentment. And so contentment is not complacency. It's necessary for you to really enjoy the next step, to really find fulfillment. You know, I've talked to so many people recently, for whatever reason, who have, the double whammy of of cancer in a COVID times. And what that cancer has done is woken them up and and just about all of them have said, this is the best thing that's happened to me because I was sheep, (laughs) sheep walking, sleep, walking through life. I was constantly when I get this, when I have that, I'll be happy. And now I realize I don't have time to wait. I have to enjoy life. Now I have to squeeze the juice out of it. I have to be content with this moment exactly as it is. And I also have to balance my healing and doing what is required to, to hopefully get better. But all of them have said, this is the best thing that's happened to me because it woke me up. It made me realize I was living a dream and postponing my life forever. So yeah, yeah as an aside, as a, <laughs> it's so important.
0: So I, I totally agree. It's so important. And, and I hear that often. Um, that, that people when they get like the um, either a near-death experience can do it but also just like essentially um uh, the like an expiration date where a doctor tells them you know you've got six months to live you've got a year to live you've got three months to, whatever it is it is that eye-opener of like life is finite. It's not infinite. We, the, the time that we all have living here on earth, we all know that there is an end day to this. And so the sooner that we kind of have that realization and the other part of that is we never know when that end day is it for all of us. It could be today. Do you know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe an asteroid comes and it drops and everything's gone later this afternoon. I've got no idea. Or, you know, any sort of various thing could happen that could, that could, you know, quote unquote, end life early. So why not live life to the fullest, right? Like why not live life now instead of wait till someday that somebody wait, because that's that someday that we're waiting for really is just someone to tell us that, hey, it's coming to an end sooner than maybe you thought you should start living life to the fullest. Now, we could all do that starting today. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of courage because there's a lot of people who aren't. <laughs> and for you to show up and go, you know what? I got to start doing things that feel right to me that I got to start enjoying and being grateful. And, you know, it, 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 it takes a little bit of boldness to take a, a little detour from the main highway, which everybody else is on, but it, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. You can't, you can't fail. You can't let yourself down by doing it or you can't let anybody down by doing it
0: yeah um know when when you were talking earlier about your um your vows your vows um to the the ish ishaya is that the, am i saying it right this time okay your 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 vows to the ishaya um monk monks monkdom however the the terminology that I, that i'm sure i'm butchering here and i'm i'm please forgive me um yeah if, if you could share what what that those vows are and then also like Where does that take you? What does your future look like? Where do you see, you know, three, five, 10 years from now, um, for yourself personally?
1: Yeah. Well, personally, I, I just want to keep doing whatever it takes to, to tell people that they have a choice that to a, to exercise my own choice and be filled with presence to make this moment complete, to let now be so enough that it's incredible but to tell everybody else that they have that choice, that they, they don't need to suffer, that pain might happen, but suffering is optional. And, and we create suffering through our choices, what we focus on, what we resist, um, our judgments, our, our prejudice. And and so whatever I can do, you know, how many podcasts and books I want to write and courses I want to teach, I, I want to do that. You know, that's that's my, I feel like my mission, you know, and to, <laughs> to do as much kayaking and <laughs> get in the outdoors as much as I can, because that, that really feeds me. You know, that's something that just, yeah, sparks my, really lights my fire.
0: I was just going to say, um, have you, <laughs> and it, it's a bit of a side note thing, but have you met any other monks that, that kayak? Like, is this something that, that you're more unique about? Or is like, because for me, I, I find such a, I don't know, a fulfillment in just being in the outdoors, being in nature. And and I would assume that that there are many monks that probably say the same thing. But where does whitewater kayaking kind of fit into that for you or in, and are you kind of like um I don't know, one of few in that realm?
1: <laughs> I I think well for me at least it was it was the recognition that the aliveness and the presence that I felt, the flow and the harmony that I felt when when kayaking was happening, you know, on point was, was what I wanted every single day of my life. I didn't want an ordinary moment because I would go on an exceptional trip and I would come back and the buzz would last for a week or two. Right. And then, and then I'd begin to worry again and doubt and the grizzles with my flatmate or my, you know, my girlfriend. And I recognized I couldn't, I, I want, as I said, I wanted no ordinary moments. I wanted to, create a life of fullness no matter what i was doing and 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 so for me it wasn't about rejecting okay i'll be a hermit and i'll just kayak i'll do that as much as i can because i couldn't (laughs) Um, and i'm going to avoid the city i'm going to avoid all difficult relationships and i'm going to avoid money and (laughs) because you can't it it's really cutting off separating yourself from life and And so going back to my vows, they're not really about renouncing anything. Um, It's not, you know, some monks choose vows of chastity, chastity. And and certainly the vows are are wrapped up around sacredness in relationships. So relationships are honored and it's about, but it's about sacred sex. It's not about porn and one night stands. It's not about the hollow stuff. It's not about instant satisfaction. It's about something deeper, Um, but it's, So for me, it was finding, I I, I wanted, I didn't want to give anything up. (laughs) I didn't want, I certainly didn't want to give up kayaking or snowboarding or or, or getting on my bike or whatever. Um, So the vows are really not so much about what I do externally, but my internal relationship with myself, for example, there's a vow of nonviolence. And so first of all, I would say, I think the Ashayas would say, is that you, you can't truly be nonviolent to the world. You can't be loving to the world if you're critical, super critical and violent to yourself, you know, our thoughts create our actions and our reality. And, and so a vow of nonviolence isn't necessarily about what you do, but who you are um, and finding a place of stillness and peace beyond your mind Um and so, it, yeah, it's non-violence and um, non-attachment. And again, that, like, like with my TV, you can fully enjoy stuff. It's not about having no possessions, but it's about knowing that all things change, all things come and all things go. So enjoy them while they're here and then <laughs> let them go. But also not being attached to your thoughts, to your emotions. So often people... For example, panic attacks are caused by the attachment or the resistance to to anxiety. We get in this fearful feedback loop of, "Oh, what happens if it hits? What happens if it gets deeper?" And that anxiety, that attachment to to not experiencing that, become blows up on us. So, so true non attachment is just seeing a thought come and go. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means it's a thought. It just there's an emotion, woof buff, like the weather, you know, and and. Treating your thoughts and emotions like the weather is a, a, a quick path to peace, you know, because they are what they are and they're gone. Uh, non stealing, and, and again, um, non stealing isn't so much about not going down to the shops and not shoplifting, it's about not taking. For example, the ego loves to claim ownership of everything. (laughs) I did this. I'm the greatest. I'm the one. But I think all people who are creative, whether physically creative or artistically creative, know that the greatest creation comes when we're out of the way. When we're not doing, it happens, whatever it is, writing, kayaking, um, being with your partner, whatever Happens so much better, so much more with so much more wisdom and love when the ego isn't involved. And so non-stealing is 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 about that, is about not claiming being aware of when the ego wants to say, I did that, <laughs> where it wasn't, it was alignment with your higher self, with something much bigger than you. And and so if you want more quality in your life, your job is to get out of the way, ironically. <laughs> is to act, but don't, and you know, that's, don't, don't control, don't grasp. Don't, this is mine. I have to do this. It's to really let go and meet the need of the moment as it happens.
0: That's very cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's vows that they're kind of the sort of in the Vedic style or the perhaps more Hindu style, um, but vows of contentment of, of study of the self. And again, study of the self is not about reading books. It's about studying the direct experience of what it's like to be filled with presence, you know, and there's a big difference between being present in the present moment to your senses and being filled with being filled with uh, presence. Um, And I guess one of the biggest things is, is surrender. You know, in our society, we think control is power but it just causes us to get more anxious, more stressed, more rigid. (laughs) And, and surrender truly is, is like I said, about non-stealing. It's getting out of the way and letting things happen in the right time. I think it was Epictetus. One of the Roman Stoics said, you know, things do not just happen. They, (laughs) they arrive by appointment, (laughs) you know, and surrender really is allowing what needs to happen to come in and happen. and, and, working with what you've got rather than insisting this should not be happening
0: to me, for example.
1: Hmm. So there's a kind of a a potted summary of the vows, but (laughs) yeah.
0: Well, thank you. No, I was going to say it's whatever
1: I can do to increase purity in myself and in the world. That's the bottom line.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Arjuna, thank you so much for sharing that with me and with with all of us. Um, I'm going to move us on to the next part of the show that I call the fire round, as and I'm going to kind of just fire a couple quick questions at you. As I'm, uh, I want to be cautious or, or conscious of of your time with me here, and, and just thank thankful for for all the time that you've given us. Though before we jump into our fire round, I just want to take a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release. Find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects the seller with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Um, Arjuna, do you have a favorite quote that you live by?
1: Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, let me get this right. Cause I, I don't want to mess it up. It goes, when you were born, you cried and the world rejoiced live a life so that when you die, the world cries and you rejoice.
0: Wow. That's powerful right there. Very cool. Um, what would be one lesson that maybe you've learned Recently, through through a recent success or failure,
1: uh, well, I've, I've got one of each. I think considering a failure was really letting my ego think that I was someone special, <laughs> and and I got arrogant, and it, it it didn't feel nice when it was pointed out to me that that, that was the case, and it was, it was an interest. It was a valuable failure because it showed me, Hey, you, I'm not, I'm not special. I'm not, I'm only, I can only give quality to the world when I'm, I'm out of the way. You know, when it, when I completely allow and, and are filled with presence, then the greatest version of me can come forth, but it has nothing very little to do with me. I didn't cause it you know? thinking that Somehow boosting, using that as a, a means to boost my ego was did the opposite from what I I wanted it to. So, yeah, in terms of a failure, it was actually a success because it showed it showed me a lot.
0: Wow, that's that, I'm just trying to think. I'm sure I struggle with ego a ton in my life. What do you think's like one of the easiest ways to? Because I I, I can't when I say that I'm like I, I I don't know if there is an easy way to to kind of like um I don't know if you would say defeat the ego or just kind of like get beyond the ego a little bit and would you just say like is is spirituality the the way of that or kind of how do you get past the ego yeah
1: well I, I think I think a daily practice of some sort um you know the, I remember reading a Buddhist text that said the ego has to be worn out like an old shoe <laughs> you, know, you, you can get completely present and f- and free of the ego, you can be completely surrendered to the divine, and yet the next moment the ego just jump back on. And go wow! <laughs> and, and so your practice, your consistency, like we began this conversation, is is critical to remembering to choose to be to be empty, to be full of of goodness, of quality. Mm. And so a daily practice helps just through our habits and our cultural conditioning, the people we surround ourselves in. It's it's easy to forget. So, so some practice of, I would say, meditation, mindfulness, um, maybe some sort of devotional reading or inspiring reading to to help you remember is is critical because you want to be in a place where you forget to forget. <laughs> you want to, and, and that's the thing when we get busy, right? When we get stressed is that all the urgent little jobs come in and we forget our to-be list. We forget where quality where awesomeness comes from and a daily practice is is that where you're just cementing that where it's becoming more and more aligned more and more real for you where you you have a chance to to live it more and more so yeah some sort of daily practice some sort of whatever that may be for you um you know for me it's an eyes closed and an eyes open meditation practice but it's different for everybody
0: that's amazing. Um, do you have a favorite book or, or a current book that you're reading? <laughs> yeah.
1: Like we started, I have got about 50. <laughs> um, ah, oh. do you know, there's a book by Anthony DeMello called awareness, who was a Jesuit priest. And it, it's, it's really easy to read because it's based on, on his actual words when he was talking in a workshop, but it's, it's uncompromising. It, it's basically <laughs> everything that we've talked about. Just saying, you, it's your life. It's your choice. Don't let somebody else uh, define your life for you. you know? um, so it's a, it's a packs a real punch, but it's very, very wise, very loving at the same time. So I, it's a beautiful read.
0: I'm gonna have to get that. That sounds amazing. I, I haven't, I haven't read that, but just as you're explaining that the whole like uncompromising thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's. My wife's probably going to really like that too. Um, so so, so <laughs> I'm just thinking, I was like, oh, maybe I could get that like for her birthday and then I'll read it when she's done with it.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's what I do um, all the
0: time. <laughs> um, if you were to go back in time to any time in your life and give yourself one piece of advice, what, what might it be? Uh, it, it,
1: everything's going to be okay. It's all going to be all right. You know there was there was a time I was so frustrated so looking for a mission or a purpose and 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 I really see I needed experience and time on the earth and I just needed to grow into that mission and maybe that mission will change from what we've talked about but yeah people often ask me this and and I say just be patient but be aware be be content with the way things are but be alert and aware to what what you're good at, what the world needs, what brings you alive. And um, yeah, that's exactly what i tell myself. Just, just be patient, you know, enjoy. (laughs) Don't, don't be, don't try and get ahead of yourself too, too soon. Yeah,
0: no, that, that really is amazing advice. And, and that's something that I, I need to hear almost on a daily basis where it's like, just, just be patient, calm down. Like we, I, I I regularly fall in this trap of like, wanting everything to happen all right now, like in this exact moment. And like, and and that's the growth is like, no, the growth all needs to happen like now. And it's like, well, that's not how growth works. Like that wasn't how we, that wasn't how we grew from like children into adults. That wasn't how anything grows. Like that's not how plants grow. Like you just got to be a little bit more patient and give it time. And, um, anyway, yeah. So I I need that advice probably more than anybody (coughs)
1: Um, yeah I used to be the most impatient man in the world you know it was just like come
0: on <laughs> yeah and it just it
1: just kills you it just it's just like a fire in your heart that burns from the inside and it's like ow it doesn't
0: work yeah Arjuna if if today was your last day on earth and everything that you've done uh, your book all all the that the podcast all the advice everything that you've you've given to the world would be erased and all you were left with is a piece of paper and a pen and you could write down three truths. What would those three truths be?
1: Oh, yikes. (laughs) (laughs) I would probably say you are enough. You're more than enough. And and just know what you are and who you are and, and be that live that let, let that be your gift to the world. Stop. This is the third thing stop (laughs) stop waiting for somebody else to to show you what to do and start trying start going
0: first start
1: start being you
0: that's amazing i love that i love all of that um arjuna what, what would be maybe the best way for someone to reach out to you or connect with you uh after maybe listening to this
1: yeah well um either instagram Arjuna, I think I'm at Arjuna Ashaya or, or Facebook the same, or my email is Arjuna at the brightpath.com. And um, if anyone's got any questions or I can help, I'd love to, I'd love to chat and see what I can do.
0: Awesome. And I'll also have that all in the show notes, um, but highly recommend anybody that's that wants to connect, uh, just reach out to Arjuna on his Instagram. That's how we connected and, Yeah. Thank you so very much for, for your time with us today. This has been truly incredible. I also try to add some value to each of these shows as much as I can. So is there anything right now currently that you're focusing on that maybe I could help with or possibly my listeners?
1: Oh, I mean, just, just by, just by having me on and and asking such good questions is spectacular. So I mean, yeah, if, if I would be so stoked if people wanted to, you know, read my book, but, it, you know, <laughs> do what, keep doing what you're doing. Cause you, you're doing an amazing job. You know, I, I love your podcast and, and your Instagram and feed. It's, that's amazing. It's so different from all the other, well, not all the other, but many other pro kayakers, cause it, it, you can feel your humbleness and your love and yeah, you, you're doing it for the love of it. And, and that's so obvious. And I think as we Talked. It's you know your, your sense of being speaks so much louder than <laughs> than your actions and, and they're pretty amazing too they're inspiring so thank you
0: <laughs> well, well thank you for that you you uh you certainly brighten my day this has been an, an incredible conversation and i have learned so much so many um tidbits of information that i need to to jot down and take note of and and make um make into a daily practice because there are a lot of things that like what we said that I might even be aware of, but I, I forget sometimes. And so there's, there's a ton of personal growth that I have uh, gained from this conversation. So thank you so much for your time. Last question of the day for us. Um, Arjuna, what is your definition of awesome?
1: Oh, <laughs> I should have been ready for this. Cause I know you ask it. <laughs> oh, dude you know I, I think it's just knowing the truth of your heart and and being able to put that into action you know that is awesome when I meet someone who has nothing to prove and nothing to hide you know just this is me this is my life this is this is my definition of success this is my mission and they're busy doing it you know just for the love of it not for the reputation or the recognition but because they almost like they must and so they are and, and so yeah that's that's what I would say awesome is
0: That truly is awesome. I love that definition. Again, thank you so very much for joining me. Um, Again, I gained so much insight and knowledge from, from this conversation. And if you guys are listening, I hope you guys did as well. I think Arjuna really dropped just what I call a flurry of nuggets of gold throughout this whole conversation. And if you guys could also, please, I highly encourage you to Share this out with one person that you think might need to hear this. If, if you got any insight, if you think maybe that there's someone that, that is on their own journey to fulfillment, um, please just share it out with one person and, and let's kind of help grow this message, grow our community, and share this positivity with the world. Um, so again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys all for listening. I'm Nick Troutman signing off, wishing you all an awesome day.